All right. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and see what he has for us this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be in your house, to worship, and to praise you. Lord, we ask for your presence to be in our presence this morning. We need you. Lord, we need to hear from heaven, not just another message, not just another word that's spoken, but Lord, we need to hear from you. And God, I pray that you would give us exactly what we need to hear this morning that may be an encouragement, a help, uh, a blessing to us. And Lord, we pray that, uh, Lord, that if there's one here that doesn't know you, that today would be the day of salvation. We do ask for the Holy Spirit's presence with us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning. Morning. Hope everybody had a good weekend, amen. Let's go ahead and stand and turn to 477, hymn number 477. Keep on singing. Let's go ahead and turn to 480. Hymn number 480.
aren't you glad we can go to him and just be near to him each moment of the day when we're having hard times? And then he gives a song to sing. Simon, let's go ahead and gather around, shake hands, welcome our visitors. when you get back to your seat, turn to 478. Hymn number 478. Thank you. 
Can you say that right now? Are you well with the Lord? Go ahead and sing a special for you that the Lord placed on my heart this week. And I hope you enjoy it. Rock of ages, clap for me. Let me hide myself in thee, let the water and the blood from thy side which flowed be of sin the double cure, save from wrath and make me pure, not the labors of my hands and fulfill thy law's demands could my zeal no respite know could my tears forever flow these for sin could not atone thou must save and thou alone while I draw fleeting breath when my eyes shall close in death when I soar to worlds unknown see thee on thy judgment throne rock of ages cleft for me let me hide myself in He is the rock of ages, and I'm thankful for him this morning. I'm thankful that you're here this morning. Amen. We appreciate you being here in the Lord's house. Of course, this is the week of love, isn't it? Uh, the love week. Just a reminder for all you men, make sure you get your wife some chocolate or, better yet, some diamonds or something. They love that stuff. Uh, but, uh, of course, this is this is one of those weeks that uh, we all get caught up in the and the, uh, the thought of love, and I, I wanted to kind of preach on that a little bit this this morning. And first, I want to start off by saying I, that I love my wife, and uh, you hear you hear me often give her a hard time, but that's uh, that's just the way we communicate. She knows that I, I have to aggravate her and give her a hard time, and so. But I I love her so much, and outside of salvation, she's the greatest thing that's happened to me. And you ought to feel that way about your spouse. Amen? I mean, they, are the, they should be the greatest thing outside of salvation that's ever happened to you. Uh, if not, 
then you need to rekindle that love. You need to ask the Lord, hey, give me that love that I need to have for my, my wife. Now, let me say this. Um, this is not going to be an ooey-gooey message this morning, okay? Uh, we'll get into it in just a minute, but uh, um, I want to say this. When I, my, when I go on vacation, the time that my wife and I spend together, um, that's probably my favorite time uh, is just being able to be alone with her. And we, what we do is we play games. I mean, we'll, we'll just sit and just play games or we'll sit uh, and just relax. But it's just the time alone with her. Just time, you know, no kids, nobody else, just me and her talking, communicating, just having a good old time. It's, it's just a wonderful thing. And uh, so that's, that's one of the, my favorite things to do. And, and um, just spending time with her. I remember Brother Travis was telling me some time ago, he heard a preacher, I believe it was, tell me, or tell him that, that some people spell love L-O-V-E. But in reality, love is spelled T-I-M-E. The time that we spend, the time that we share with one another, it really proves our love for uh, those that we, we love. The best way to show or prove my love to my wife, my children, and others that I care about so much is the time that I spend with them, the time uh, that I, uh, I, I get to be with them. Now with that said, the best part of my day is the time that I spend alone with God. The time that I get to spend with Him just uh, in reading and sweet fellowship and communing with Him. If you've never experienced that, that time alone, that time of just, just communing with God and fellowshipping with Him and, and a time of getting in your prayer closet and, and getting your prayer journal out and, and praying for your pastor and for your wife and for your husband and for your children and for your, your church family and, and for your missionaries and just getting alone and, and praying and seeking God's face and, and getting in God's word and just, just getting, getting all that you can from God's word. It's, it's the best time that you'll have that you'll spend in the day. That's my favorite time of the day is when uh, the Bible's talked about Adam, uh, Adam walking in the cool of the day and, uh, and he communed with God. It, it describes his relationship, his time that he's, he spent with God in the cool of the day. And I, I believe that we ought to, each one of us ought to have some time that we spend with God. You see, this is what I want to preach about this morning and I titled it, I Love You, Lord. I Love You, Lord. And I'm going to ask you to join me in John chapter 15. We want to read just a... I've been in the book of John on Wednesday nights, but this has kind of jumped out at me. In John chapter 15, verse 4 through 8, the Bible says, Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abide in me, he is uh, cast forth as a branch and is withered. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time that we can open up your word. Lord, I pray that we'll take this simple message to heart this morning. And Lord, we'll learn to abide, to learn to spend time, learn to love you and prove our love to you this morning. Lord, most importantly, Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, I pray that today will be the day that you uh, speak to their hearts and that they are ultimately saved. Lord, before they leave this place. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. Rekindle that love, I pray, that we have for our spouses, our children, our, our loved ones, but most importantly, our love for you. And Lord, if we love you like we should, our love for others will be like it should be as well. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor that comes from it. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible teaches us here that we're to abide in Him and He abide with us. The Bible says in John 14, 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments. 
John 15.10 says, If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in His love. How do we abide in Him? Well, the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2.15, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Psalms 119.11 says, I love, uh, I, I, uh, says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. In the Old Testament, Moses, if you'll recall in the book of Exodus, Moses was and his elders of Israel went off to worship the Lord. Uh, but Moses was instructed to come alone to a certain place in Exodus chapter 24. It says this, And he said unto Moses, Come up unto the Lord, thou and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the, the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words which the people hath said, or the Lord hath said, we will do. You see, Moses is a great leader of God here, and, and, and but however, Moses was not always a great leader. Uh, if you'll read, he was 80 years old before he was instructed to lead the children of Israel and out of act, uh, captivity. And, uh, but he, he had some, uh, some failures. And the thing I want you to remember is this, that all of us fail, but our failures don't have to define our future. Just because we mess up doesn't define what happens in the future. God did not save us for us to live in constant failure, uh, but in victory. And uh, as believers, we're going to someday see the Lord face to face. Aren't you looking forward to that day? We're going to see him face to face. We're going to spend eternity with him. How then should we live today? Peter said this in uh, 1 Peter 4.2, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Jonathan Edwards, the 18th century preacher, said this, Never to do anything I'd be afraid to do if it were the last hour of my life. To reach God's best for us, we must refuse to let our past determine our future. God has planned for us. I want to give you five principles to live by to prove our love to God. Number one, we need to make God's word our priority. We need to make God's word our priority. I sadly say this, but I, would dare, I dare to say this as well, that many people in this room only breaks this open on Sundays. It's not a priority in our lives. I'm saying that to challenge you, to convict you, but to show you that God's word needs to be a priority in our lives. Why is our society the way it is today? Well, God's word's been taken out of schools. God's word's been taken out of the home. God's word has been taken out of every picture of our life. We need to make God's word a priority in our lives once again. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. There's some of you that have been raised up in church all the days of your life. Some of you have never known anything but church. You've been raised in God's word. However, We've kind of walked away from the things of God. We've kind of uh, been, not been faithful to His Word. Now, it continues on. It says, Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, there are some benefits of making God's Word a priority in our lives. One of those things, when, I, when, I, when you and I spend time with, with the Lord, talking with Him and listening to His heart through the Word of God, and, and uh, one of the benefits that we have uh, is uh, we are able to understand God's Word clearly. See, it is in the worst times that we have the wonderful opportunities to be in touch with the Lord. These difficult times in life may force us to be open to Him and eagerly seek His help. I know times in my life when, I, when things get rough, 
the first thing I want to do is I want to turn to people. I don't know about you. That's what the flesh wants to do. I want to turn to people and say, hey, would you cry with me about this? Would you, hey, I'm going through this terrible thing. Would you just look at how bad things are for me? That's what my flesh wants to do. Because I want self-pity. I want, pe- I want people to feel sorry for me. That's what, that's what the flesh wants to do. But you know what we need to do? Make God's word a priority. When you're going through a difficult time, you're, going, you're facing the, the hardest times of your life, don't, don't go to people. Go to the precepts. Go to God's word and say, God, I don't know why this has happened. I don't understand, but God, could you give me peace through your word? Could you show me something from, from your word to help me get through this situation? God, I need you in a special way. And I can guarantee you this. The word of God is going to be more powerful than any, uh, anything that people can say to you. It can give you more peace and comfort than anything that I could say to you, than anything that your friends could say to you. Get in God's word and make God's word a, pre, a, a priority in your life once again. Why is it that society is the way it is today? Because God's word is not a priority. Another benefit of spending time with God and his word is that we grow and mature in the Lord. See, we grow to love him more and trust him more. When we're in God's word, we see that things happen for a reason. And when we realize that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you realize that today? Let me hear you say amen if you believe that. God never changes. So if he never changes, if he did it for Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joshua, and Moses, and David, can he do it for you today? Get a hold of that truth. God is no respecter of persons. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So whatever he's done for them, he can do for me. That's good. See, there are some benefits to spending time with the Lord and loving the Lord and His Word, but also there are some blessings of making God's Word our priority. The blessings of making His... In the book of Luke, chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, there's a story of two sisters. You'll recall the story, Mary and Martha. When Jesus came to dinner, Martha was busy preparing the meal. She was getting things ready. But Mary chose to listen and sit at the feet of Jesus, spend time with him. Martha began to, she, she got upset because she was working hard and she was doing all this stuff. But here's her sister and, and, and uh, uh, Martha t- uh, says to Mary, tells Mary, uh, she's, she's complaining because Mary's just sitting there. Uh, sounds like most of us today, sounds like my girls at least. My girls will be complaining, well, she's in there doing nothing, and i got to do this. Anybody else had children like that? Oh, she's in here. Right, one of them, oh, I'm sorry, Faith, I didn't mean to do that. But that happens all the time, and that's exactly what's happening in the Scriptures here. And Martha's complaining, and, but Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. I believe we need to spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time in His Word. The Bible says He is the Word. He's our source, our only source of spiritual blessings. Spending time alone with Jesus will teach us the blessings of forgiveness. He will enable us to forgive when someone has wronged us. If we refuse to forgive, we burn the bridge that we must cross when we are in need of forgiveness ourselves. See, it seems we are so easily offended today. Jesus oft, offered, uh, often asked this question to those that heard him, does, does this offend you? <laughs> My words offend you? He said in John 6, verse 60, he says, Many therefore of his disciples, when they heard this saying, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew it in himself that his disciples murmured at him, he said to them, Does this offend you? Listen, if you disagree with some teachings or preachings that you hear, You need to get in God's word and search the scriptures and see if they be so. Or we could be like some if you don't like what's being said. I thought about this morning printing out my message and giving it to everybody this morning. And if you didn't like it at the end of the sermon, then you could just rip it up into pieces. I was going to do that. 
I was going to do that, but I was afraid that it would look like confetti in this place. We need to search the scriptures and see if they be so. Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Are you easily offended this morning? Well, put your big boy pants on and get over it. Quit getting so offended over every little thing. That's the problem with our society. Hey, I can tell you right now, millennials, they are so offended about everything. Well, you looked at me wrong. All I was doing was looking. Well, you said this. Well, is it the truth? We need to be careful not to be so easily offended over everything that's being said and done. One reason we have the Word is to help us. When you spend time with God and His Word, your, your heart will become more like His. The psalmist said this, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is my strength and my heart and my portion forever. The first principle of proving our love to God is to make His Word a priority. Make God's Word a priority in your life. So the second thing is make God's will your purpose. Make God's will. There in Philippians 2, 12, it says this, Wherefore, my beloved... As ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. We need to allow God to change us. So many times we'll say, God, I'll do this, and I'll do this, and I'll do this, and this is what I'll do, and this is what I do. And, and then we say, okay, God, I want you to sign the, this form. That's what I'll do. This is my agreement. God, I will do this if you do this. That's not how God works. We don't need to try to change God. What we need to do is allow God to change us. Say, God, whatever you want me to do, here's a blank sheet of paper. I've signed my name to it. Uh, that's the only thing on this paper. You tell me what to do. And I'm going to follow you. Allow God's word. The purpose of time with God is not to change God, but for God to change us, to change our hearts. The more time we spend with God, the more we learn about his character. And the more we know about his character, the more we will act like him. Our hearts can be in tune with his heart. God desires that, uh, that we want nothing more than to know him and to make him known. Paul preached in the synagogue in Antioch. Uh, and Paul said that God spoke to Samuel and said this, I have found David, a man after, uh, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, which shall fulfill all my will. Why was David a man after God's own heart? And think about it. He was fallible. He, fouled, he, he messed up in the case of, uh, of Bathsheba and Uriah and, and counting the people. And he, he done all these things. He failed so miserably so many times. But here God said, here's David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. Let me ask you this morning. Are you after God's heart? And you must purpose to do his will. Whatever he tells us to do, we need to stop looking to people for acceptance and seek the acceptance of God. As Jesse's son were, sons were brought before Samuel, Samuel surely thought the oldest son, he was bigger and taller. He was, he, he was probably, the, uh, as if man was looking at him, he was man's choice. But God told Samuel, he says, look not on his countenance. Or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. God says it's a heart that matters. God wants us to change our heart. God wants to change our hearts. And not that we would do our will, but that we would be willing to do his will. I remember whenever I went to the prayer uh, there at the the, um, the prayer meeting with the senators and the representatives and uh, things like that. I can't remember what it's called now, but downtown Indianapolis. I remember one of the senators said this, the heart of the issue is the issue of the heart. He says the problem with our society is not, is not uh, the guns or the, uh, the, the people. It's the heart of the people. 
The problem we have today is a heart issue. Instead of receiving glory unto the Lord himself, let me get back to here. We need to make God's heart our heart. Allow God to change us, but also allow God to challenge us. Many today don't like to be challenged. We like the easiest road. They say the fastest point from point A to point B is a straight line. Well, that's what we like to do. But sometimes God's got turns and curves and twists and, and the way he wants us to go. But he wants to challenge us. We, we want to avoid challenges at all costs, but God wants us to face our challenges head on. Many times our focus is very fuzzy or else it is misplaced. Our focus should always be on the Lord and His will for our lives. The challenges we face may be difficult, but they are also the most beneficial in our life. The first key to proving our love to Him is make His word priority. The second is make God's will our purpose. But third, make God's work our practice. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We need to keep our eyes on the big picture. Keep our eyes focused on the big picture. The Lord challenges us in this verse. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. Sometimes we can't see the forest for the trees. You've heard that saying before. Let me ask you, have you ever had trouble keeping your eyes on the big picture? We get discouraged and we say, what is this among so many? You see, all of us are tempted to place other things before our fellowship with God. We need to look to Jesus as our example. In John six fifteen, he said, When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him king... He departed again into the mountain himself alone. See, Jesus had his, his eyes on the big picture. It wasn't to be the king of a little group of people, but he was to be the king of kings. Instead of receiving glory unto himself, Jesus refused to accept and receive the praise and adoration of men because he wanted to please the Father. The big, the big picture was that salvation of men not being a local king. What's the big picture for your life? You'll never discover it until you make his work your purpose. You know what? I I see a lot of people doing, some people in the church, they say 80% of the work that is done is done by 20% of the people. That's not a statistic I made up on the spot. It's it's a true saying that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And then the rest of the 80% of the people do 20% of the work. And you see people that are so, there are some people that are just driven. They're, they're focused on doing whatever God would have them do in the work of the Lord. And whether it's cleaning the toilets or whether it's sweeping the floors or whether it's going out door knocking. But here's the thing. God uses faithful people. God uses people that are just willing to do the work of God. Wherever it is. Whatever God, God hear my, send me. So many times we get our eyes saying, well, God, I, I want to I be this and I want to do that. But God has a better plan for us. So we see the big picture, but then we have the blessed priority. We are, let me say this, you're as close to God as you want to be. You've heard me say that before. You are as close to God as you want to be. You say, what do you mean? If you want to be closer to God, you can be. See, Jesus chose to be alone so he could commune with his heavenly Father. His desire was not to promote himself or to be promoted by others, but by being alone, he could silence the voices of those that spoke against God, his will, and refocus his priorities and his purpose. Folks, if you want to get close to God, you want to prove your love to him, then spend some time with him. Get alone with him. We must make spending time with God our priority and make our, our purpose 
his, his purpose and, and, and make God's work our practice. And then fourthly, make God's wisdom our prize. In Philippians 3, 7, it says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and, count, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, that the, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. We need to have a new perspective. Many know about God, but do not know God. We hear about God, we read about God, and we study his ways, but how well do we really know him? You hear Hollywood today, and they want to say, I want to thank God. Well, God... Let me just be honest with you. When people say they want to thank God for this and they thank God for that and they don't know Him, it doesn't matter. All they're doing is trying to put on a show. Many people say they know Him. They know of Him. You know the Bible says that the demons believe? They know. They know that God is God. But it's more than that. It's that we may, Paul said this, that I may know him. And make him, Paul standing in front of, in front of the ministry and join the most, having the, the most intellect, a high culture, and the, the greatest human honors that he could, he was utterly ignorant of God until that wonderful introduction on the Damascus Road. I mean, he, was, he knew the, the, the words of God, but he didn't know God himself. Paul was, so, was not satisfied just to know about him. He wanted to know as much as he could know. Let me ask you, do you desire to know him in a fuller and more perfect way? Spending time with God is one of the keys of experiencing and seeing God in a fresh new perspective. But then not only do we have, need to have a new perspective, we need to have a new passion. I believe that many of us have lost our first love. Many of us have lost our, our love that we once had for Christ. I mean, there, do you remember a time when you, when you first got saved? I heard one preacher say, I was so excited when I got saved, I would have hung over hell with a dry corn stalk and squirted the devil in the eye with a squirt gun. He was so excited about it, but you know what? And that's how we get, we're so excited about salvation. We're so excited about what God's doing. And we get, but then we go through life and just everything just becomes, we become complacent. We've lost our love for the one that loves us so much. Let me say here this, this morning, we need to have a new passion for God, a new love for him. We need, to make a, we need to wake up every morning and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for giving me another day that I may testify of your goodness in my life. We need to thank him and, and have a new love for him. The Bible says this in 1 Peter 2, 7, Until you therefore which believe he is precious. Is he precious to you this morning? How precious is he to you? Many believers do not act as he is very precious to him. Friends, Christ is precious beyond compare. On the road to Damascus, Paul had a dramatic encounter with the Lord. And Jesus revealed himself to Paul and gave him instructions on what he, did, he was to do. Paul became one of the church's greatest apostles. Christ, after this encounter, became precious to Paul. And Paul experienced God in a fresh new way. It's not just knowing about God. It's knowing Him in an intimate way. Do you yearn to spend time with Him, learn from Him, and live for Him? 
We must make spending time with God our priority and make God's work our purpose and God's will our practice and God's wisdom our prize. And then finally, make God's ways our pleasure. You know, we want to prove our love to God. Then be happy with what God has directed us to do. God, I desire your ways. The Bible says this, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not into thine own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Our dependence needs to be upon him, and he will make our path straight. Without the Lord's help, can you agree with me? Without the Lord's help, we would be hopeless. We would be helpless. Without God's help in our lives, I'm glad for the promise that he says, He shall direct thy paths. He shall direct thy paths. Moses had spoken face to face with God, received the Ten Commandments, performed miracles, and led Israelites out of Egypt. And after Moses died, God chose Joshua to be his successor. Now Joshua's alone, and Joshua had only one place to turn. God. Folks, can I tell you, that may seem like I have nowhere to turn but to God. That's the greatest place to turn. That's the only place to turn is to Him. Our dependence needs to be on Him. Our, our dependence makes on Him makes our peace sure. Can I tell you, God is sovereign. That means that He can and will do whatever He pleases. He doesn't have to consult with any of us about anything. He doesn't need our advice, therefore we must trust him and learn not to uh, lean not unto our own understanding. He knows what's best for us. We should not worry nor grow anxious over anything, but take it all to him and trust him to work things according to his will. Now I didn't say that we'd work that we would trust him to work it according to our ways or our will. That we would trust him that he would work it out for his will. He knows what's best for our lives. When we do his promises, uh, when we do his word of promises that the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we say, Lord, I just trust you. Whatever you tell me to do, I just trust you. In closing this morning, many who call themselves Christians today are simply going through the motions. Let me say this. There's no middle ground. You're either trusting God for everything or you're not trusting God for anything. We can't play games with God. God will reveal himself to the person who surrenders his will to him and takes up his cross and follows after him. Folks, we say we love him. We say we love him. But we show our love to him for our love for his word. By making time with God our priority and making God's work our purpose and making God's will our practice, making God's wisdom our prize and God's ways our pleasure. That is how we prove our love to him. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Can you say with me this morning that you love him? Let me say this. This wasn't really a part of the message, but can be easily added into it. I told my wife that I love her. I tell her I love her every day, multiple times a day. And she tells me she loves me. But if all it was was me saying that I love her, and there's no action. I'm not proving my love to her. I'm saying I love her, but it's not proven indeed. If all I did was say, I love you, Lord, but I do not his words. I obey not his commandments. I do not do what he tells me to do. I may be saying I love him, but I'm not doing it indeed. I'm not proving it indeed. This morning... I want to challenge you to prove your love to him. Not just say it, but do it. Love is an action word. Love is about doing something.
for the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the challenge that you put upon my heart. Lord, and I want to say publicly this morning that I love you. And Lord, I ask for the times that I fail you, Lord, that I would be more surrendered to you. Lord, that you would work in a great way in my life. Lord, thank you for what you're going to do and the folks here, their lives. Lord, have your way. We love you in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Would you stand to your feet as God has spoke to your heart this morning? I'm going to challenge you to find a place at the, the altar. God has spoke to you. Would you come? Do you love him? Is his word your priority? Has it been, has it been a while since you've cracked open the word of God? This could be a new time of commitment to the Lord, saying, Lord, I haven't been faithful in your word, but God, this morning I'm going to start reading your word more. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to make your word a priority before I eat breakfast, before I do anything else. I'm going to get in your word. Now, I'm not saying read it cover to cover. I'm just saying read some scriptures. Get along with God. Meditate in his word just for a little bit. Make it a priority in your life. If you don't make it a priority, it won't happen. Trust his plans and his ways. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We appreciate you again being here this morning. We want to read a card that uh, our brother John and Miss Marla wrote. He says we want to uh, we want the church to know how much we appreciate the prayers. While uh, he was in surgery and rec uh, recovery, there aren't words that can express how fortunate we are to have a home church and a place where we can be in the uh, center of God's will and uh, brothers and sisters that love and pray for us as a family. God is good, and thank you to all. So, amen. We appreciate them, and good to see Brother John and Miss Marla with us this morning. You continue to pray. He's in, he's in a lot of pain this morning. And, uh, but you continue to pray for him. Uh, I know he wouldn't say it, but I, I'm going to say it for him. So you continue to pray for him. Then uh, I'm going to have to go ahead and have the men come forward. We'll take up this morning's tithes and offerings as they're coming. Let me say, uh, pray for our missionaries. But our missionary week this week is Kelly and Deb McMaster. Our family of the week is uh, Brother Dave and Miss Christina Nelson. Our deacon of the week, Brother Danny Lovejoy. And our trustee of the week, Brother Jack Schouse. So remember these folks in your prayers if you would. Happy anniversary to Robert and Jennifer Nash this week. They got an anniversary. And so uh, wish them a happy anniversary. All right. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Joshua, would you please ask a blessing on the offering.
I forgot to announce this, but uh, in our after our second uh, service this morning, we'll be having a quick business meeting, special business meeting, talking about our uh, uh, taking on the missionary and uh, just a couple things I wanted to bring up. And so uh, if you're able to stick around, for our, we'll have a short afternoon service and then a, uh, our a business meeting uh, to follow. All right, let's all stand. We'll close in a word of prayer. Come back in about five minutes and we'll start our services. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the challenge that you've uh, given to us this morning. Lord, I pray that we would all prove and demonstrate our love to you for all that you've done for us. You're so worthy of our love back in return. And Lord, I pray that you'll just work in a great way in our hearts and our lives. Lord, I pray that you would just uh, uh, bring us back the next appointed time and be with us as we go our separate ways. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you. You are dismissed. Amen.